Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan and this is Headliners, a first look at tomorrow's papers. Tonight in the company of two top comedians, the human equivalent of a sparkling glass of chilled rosé, Sajila Kershi, and the human equivalent of a room temperature can of iron brew, Leo Kirst. Fizz, fizz. <laughs> uh, great to have you both with me tonight. Lots to get through. Let's have a look at tomorrow's front pages and we'll start with The Telegraph. And they are splashing with the following. Sunak faces inquiry into his financial interests. As Bethany Elsie just mentioned in the headlines, the Chancellor has written to the Prime Minister to request an independent review of all his statements regarding investments. I don't really know why the Chancellor writes letters to the Prime Minister. They live next door. How about the independent food banks at breaking point as demand surges? The Guardian, Macron and Le Pen face off in fight for France's future. That's a story we'll be covering very shortly. Le Pen's late surge, the Le Pen's late surge set to put her in election runoff with Macron, according to the Financial Times. The Daily Mirror, royal ordeal. Queen, COVID left me exhausted. Of course, um, that's another uh, reference that you'll have heard about in our news headlines. The Times now, almost half of NHS maternity services in England are unsafe. And French election in balance after narrow Macron win. Covid wasn't nice, says the Queen. I was exhausted. The Sun newspaper. Bride and vroom. Newlyweds go for a spin. Brooklyn Beckham takes his bride for a ride in a classic car yesterday in their first sighting as newlyweds. And last but not least, the Metro. Brooklyn's very posh wedding and Queen... My COVID fights. Well, thank goodness she's back to good health. And those are your front pages. We start with Monday's Guardian and the French election results. Leo, what do we know? So we've had the, the results of the first round of the French presidential election. And Macron, who looked like a shoo-in, uh, things are looking tight for him. He won 28.1% of the, the first round vote. Mm. And uh, Le Pen, uh, Marine Le Pen, which sounds like a, a cage you'd keep dolphins in, uh, she won 23.3% <laughs> of the vote. She's, uh, she's the um, leader and, and the daughter of the, is the national... Mm -hmm. It's not the National Front, but it's, it's National Frontish. Uh, the sort of nationalist, uh, populist, um, you know, fairly, fairly right-wing... Although, you know, right wing, they've got some, some socialist ideas as well. And it's been an absolute drubbing for the traditional parties. So up until um, Macron was elected last time in 2017, uh, the socialists and the republicans dominated. And, you know, one of them is all, they're, they're like Labour and, and Conservatives in, in the UK. Uh, they took home just 7.1% of the vote this time round. So it's an absolute uh, drubbing for them. Um, and it looks as though Le Pen could, you know, come from behind and, and as we saw with Brexit and as we saw with Trump, uh, inflict a, a real, you know, upset to, to the, to the sort of world order. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the, her, her party is, is uh, you know, decried as, as populist and, you know, anti-immigration and all these, uh, all these terrible things. But I think people should really start listening to some of the concerns of people who have been affected 
uh, you know, the working class people who vote for uh, for Marine Le Pen, who've been affected negatively by globalisation and uh, you know the, the benefits of immigration, of which there are many. Obviously, the benefits are concentrated in the middle classes, and the the drawbacks. Uh, fall on the shoulders of, of working people who saw, see their wages depressed, who see competition for jobs, um, and also, you know, in France we've had you know horrific terror attacks, uh, you know, with the, the Bastille Day attack and the, the Bataclan and Charlie Hebdo. Um, so, you know, you can see why why this could be, you know, she could she could swing it. If Le Pen were to win, it would be bad news for the EU project, wouldn't it, Sajila? Well, she has got um, pro-Russian um, ideas, so she's kind of quite pro-Russian, so I'm not sure she's that great. And in terms of the benefits of immigration, you're sitting next to one of them. And, uh, what, you mean letting a Scot in? I totally yeah. agree. Tell you yeah. me, I'm an immigrant as well. <laughs> You're know? an immigrant too. Well, um, the thing is, there was um, there was an anti-Islam... Uh, 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 there were so many, not like our... We have mm. our three main parties, basically. Yeah. Uh, but there was Eric Zummer, 63, the anti-Islam uh, pundit, who only... Um, they thought that he was going to be that, the next Trump. Yeah. And he only got 9%. Um, and, yeah, it does seem like a two-horse race now between yeah. Macron and Le Pen, who both sound like they should be sort of Edith Piaf successors in, 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 in song. Um, and I, I, I'm hoping she doesn't get in, uh, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure too many people in this country would like to see her win, but no. a lot of people can't stand Macron, can they? Yeah. He's well, it's the lesser of the style. two ills, isn't it? And for me, uh, I mean, she has obviously got her father's, you know, drive. This is a third time mm. that she... This is her last chance, I think, mm. to kind of, like, get in, because it's the third time she's trying um, for the... You know, she's got her eye on the prize. But, um, you know, it's in France, and we've got our own problems yeah. here right now um, that, you know... But I've got family in France, and I've been, you know spent most of my childhoods there, most of my holidays there. So I do spend a lot of time in France. So I do kind of get involved with the politics there. But it would be a terrible thing, I think, for her to get into power I mean, over Macron. I'd like if she got in, and it's a possibility, the implications for the EU would be significant, wouldn't they? Because she hasn't necessarily threatened a French equivalent of Brexit, yeah. but she'll make life hard for Brussels. She'll push back against a lot of what they're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she she would. We might we might see a Frexit. So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and as they've done a poll, most of the polls have shown Macron just you know edging in front, but there was a poll that that put her uh, ahead by one point. So it's possible. And also uh, looking at. Um, voting uh, precedents. So you've got to go back to 1965 to show a president getting re-elected. It was Charles de Gaulle getting re-elected when they've got a, a majority in the Assembly. Mm. So it's quite rare for for uh, for it to happen. So you know Macron would be um, you know going against that that precedent. Fascinating story. We'll bring you more as we get it. Monday's Daily Mail, Sajila, and whilst it looked like Boris was going down for Partygate, he might now go down in history for something else. Oh, yes, and I believe I predicted this. I said he was going to do a Thatcher moment, yes. like with the war, and bring it all back. And, you know, history's always coming back to tell us the future. So um, That's right. Well, isn't there a line that history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes? That's what, yeah, I just heard that earlier on. Somebody very wise. I'll pretend, I'll pretend I came up with that, yeah. You did, I came up with that. that yeah. my, my lunch so, break today. Um, there's like a proper bromance going on. So, Vladimir Vlensky said the leadership shown by the UK would go down in history after meeting Boris Johnson face to face and staging a walkout in Kyiv. Um, now, Zelensky has said to him that I gather you are called the Iron People. I think he meant Margaret Thatcher. 
and, uh, and obviously for him, it's Margaret Thatcher with the Iron Lady and all the people become the Iron People. Um, Maybe he means we're the ironing people because we do a lot of ironing, don't we? We do love it. I mean, I'm feeling very well pressed today. Yes, I think we do love a good, good ironing in this country. We're also the moaning people, but I don't think we're the iron people. Queuing people. Oh, yeah, we are the queuing people. Well, apparently, the PM's president was intended to be kept secret until he had left the war zone. However, accidentally on purpose, it was announced in a mid-afternoon tweet by Ukraine's embassy to the UK. Clearly, some intern had made a terrible mistake. They wanted us to know this. Um, and the Ukraine parliament have said um, to, to everyone, be brave like Boris, our Boris. Be brave like Boris, be brave like Ukraine. Um, yeah, I mean, Boris, has he been brave? He couldn't really fess up to having a party, being at a party. I think uh, having a party during having a party. is quite brave. Yeah, no, I know. But, but the one is that... He's kicking down your door because <laughs> you're having a glass of Shabley. Yeah, well, the other people, the people are giving you other people's door, but not his. Um, one of the, the, the lovely thing about this story is that they've, they've got photo... Um, I don't know if we've got this. I wanted to ask them to put this photo up of them um, uh, during a walkabout at the Heartkeep. They were handy ceramic crock crawl. Cock Cockerels. I beg your pardon. Yes. <laughs> Family show, Sajila. I know you're. Listen, I know you're an edgy comedian. But please. <laughs> do do, do cockerels. You know. Do cockerels because the you cockerels. You and your porcelain. <laughs> was it porcelain? <laughs> now you got me going. <laughs> porcelain cockerels. Yes. Two cockerels, um, because they've come to symbolise. Uh, the resistance to Putin because one survived at the top of kitchen mm. uh, following a bombing in uh, uh, Border, Borderninka. Borderninka. I really apologise about my pronunciation here. It was and better so, than cockerel. Yeah, yeah, better than the cockerel, yeah. But the cockerels are now... So, basically, you've got two cockerels um, standing together and he was wearing his signature khaki, like I wear mm. my signature red, um, and, and Boris was wearing his blue, so... Mm. There is a proper bromance going on between them. Apparently, yeah. they're on the phone to each other all the time, like, you're right, bud, you're right, yeah, yeah. you're doing okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think it's great. It's uh, and Boris, you know, for, for years we've thought of him as an unserious leader, just a buffoon getting caught in zip lines and things like that. And finally, he's stepping up to the mark and showing he can be a serious, you know, head of state. Well, I know he's not the head of state, but, you know, serious. Like sort of... that, a statesman. Yeah, a statesman. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. And what a humiliation to, to Putin. Uh, who, you know, went in, you know, expecting to, to take Kyiv and, you know, just take, sublimate uh, Ukraine in, in days. And, uh, and now Boris, you know, now, now Ukraine is in such control of its land that Boris can, can actually go and visit the, visit the president in Kyiv. Yeah, Boris is back. He's got his mojo back, at least for the time being. We know how much the government likes investigating itself. And now The Guardian reports how Rishi Sunak wants to continue that tradition. Sajila. Yeah, so Sunak has uh, asked PM for an investigation into his own financial <laughs> affairs. As we all know, um, you know, I mean, I think the, 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 if there was a picket line, they'd be like, you know, tax the rishis and give to the poor. Um, oh, that's a good okay. line. Yeah, yeah, that's a good line. It's a good it? one for that's a one for <laughs> Labour. <laughs> yeah, son, you could have taken that. Um, so obviously, he's pondering the, uh, his political future as his wife Akshata Murti escapes Downing Street heat. So he's moved his wife and two daughters into their house because there was a, a removal van seeing outside uh, number 11. Now, that'd be funny, right? But we've got a place in France, as I said, we go to France a lot, and that's already furnished. We don't need removal vans when we go and stay there for long. Right. So they've got two they houses, the all this money. Everywhere they go. I know, they go I know. On holiday, they've got to bring their sofa. It's ridiculous. It's like, you've got two houses, all that money that yeah. wasn't taxed. By an and, extra sofa. Yeah, exactly. And you'd need a removal van to take furniture. Yeah, but it's for all of his thin ties. He's got five and a half thousand. <laughs> 
five and a half thousand. Not, not that means... I can talk. <laughs> yeah, well, in your one. I mean, this is. I, I kind of, on the one hand, I kind of applaud him for like. Um, Defending his wife. Now, um, if you if you know Asian marriages, right? So this is the thing: defending your wife with your job, like you know your job. Is it your job or your wife? That's one thing. You can choose your wife. Yeah. Defending your wife with your mother, right? If there's a, if there's a conflict between your mother and your wife in an Asian household, oh, that's that's really? like yeah, that's bad. That's bad. But he he's also been a little bit naive. I think he did. I do believe that he declared everything in, early on. Why well, I think this is as a comeback on him because um, he was a little bit smug when Boris was going through all his issues, and I think someone higher up, because they reckon there's a leak come from the Tory party to the Labour party to the press. Mm -hmm. So this is how it works. And I think they've got dirt on everyone. Well, there was never any opportunity for him to become are, a leader. People are calling it dirt. Rishi said he was the victim of a smear campaign, but these are facts. Yeah. You can't be smeared with facts. They're not making things up. You know, his, his wife was, uh, was non-domiciled. Rishi himself had a green card. Uh, well into a year of being chancellor, which meant he was eligible to play to pay tax on all his earnings, including the earnings he gets from uh, from being one of our politicians, to the United States. So it's like, I mean, just a, a basic a basic demand I've got on our politicians is just please live in this country and pay tax here. But is if he's, if he, it's not too much to ask. If he's asking the prime minister to, to investigate, that means that he thinks he can cling on, doesn't he? He's yeah. not quite, yeah. you know, he, he's, he's, he's on the ropes, but he's not on the canvas. The referee no. has not counted to 10 just yet. I agree. And I think the reason, like, I agree with you, because I think the reason for that is that I think Boris did know. And that's why he's saying, investigate my personal affairs. I wouldn't ask that. If I was guilty, I wouldn't ask that. Yeah. So he knows that he's declared this. And so it's yeah. the Tory party themselves that have known. They have leaked this. They've leaked this to her... her and he to... thinks he can live to, to, to survive this. I, I don't think... I think his chances are very, very thin. Yeah. And, I, and I think really? the rest of them should also be very weary because, they, you know, top up... I reckon there's a lot of dirt. But all the money stuff, you know, once you've lanced the boil of that, perhaps that gives Rishi an opportunity to move on in six months to a year when yeah, the world can be a different place. It's not just uh, it's not just money though. I mean, it's just it comes down to the to the fact that you know his family uh, weren't and uh, marriage is a financial union, so it does relate to him mm. uh, as the chancellor. So his, his wife wasn't paying tax uh, in in the UK. Uh, she's non-domiciled. Uh, he was you know registered had a green card for America. So, you know, it just it feels like, you know, there are these global elites who are, you know, swooping mm. in and then telling everybody in, in Britain, oh, you've got to pay more tax, you've got to pay more national insurance, but, but they don't have to. They've got their tax havens, mm. they've got their overseas uh, domiciles, so see, you know, are they even I, paying tax? I, those, see, I, I, I don't, personally, I don't care if they're really good at the job. And if Rishi Sunak can be a chancellor that helps us navigate what is now an economic crisis, part, I, don't, I don't care if he's richer than Bill Gates, actually, as long as he didn't break the rules. Part of, I mean, he can be as rich as he wants as long as he pays his tax. A mm. part of being good at the job is being morally upstanding and mm. being, a, uh, being a good lead for everybody I in the kind country. I kind of agree with you to a certain extent there, but I also think that he was, he was too... He's, he's perhaps a little bit immature in the job that he doesn't know that he's made these awful yeah. cuts. You know, pe people's lives are going to be affected mm. and you're not seeing... Like, not being able to have any self-awareness that I have all this money and I potentially could get myself into a pickle over this. And actually now, at this point, I know he's defending his wife and his family, fair enough. However, he's not looking at the bigger picture, which is like, can you see the irony of what's happened? I don't think he's actually grasped 
what's going on. So yeah. I also agree I mean, with you in terms of, you know, that he, he it is it is outrageous that, yeah. the, that the person who's tightening our belts well, this is money, not... Well, this money that his wife has avoided paying in tax, I mean, how many kidney dialysis machines, how many incubators for premature babies? You know, this is this is real stuff. Tax, tax gets spent... But these are the stuff. emotive arguments of the left, aren't they? <laughs> you know, the bottom line is it's pretty clear that, that this guy, you know, he hadn't actually, you know, it, or she evaded taxes. They took this advantage... This has nothing to do with they... left or right. I think if you're right-wing and your child is in an incubator... In a, oh, imagine your, your child is premature and the hospital turns around and says, ah, oh, we don't have any incubators left because Rishi Sunak's wife didn't pay Yeah, but tax. then you can look at any politician that's got an accountant because an accountant will help you to take advantage of the rules around tax, which, which is you... exactly what she's done. But he yeah, sets the rules. He sets the rules around tax. So he needs to scrap this ridiculous non-domicile rule that lets people pay £30,000 and then avoid paying any tax in this country. It's just used by the global but... rich. Most of the, like, 41% of people earning over £5 million in this country use this. And it attracts it rich people to this country and they They'll spend their money you. here, yeah, yeah. they this buy country, houses, yeah. they this pay stamp duty and they pay VAT yeah. on bed This days. country is great for other reasons they'll still want to stay. Where are they going to go? Boss, boss, calm down now, calm uh, down. Gila, one question, because we must move on because Martin's going to be furious with me, but can I just ask you the following, which is, um, and I'm never one to call racism because I think that's been leveraged too much just for political, you know, is this is racist. Is the left, Mark? Yeah, right, exactly. Fair point, <laughs> yeah, touche. Okay, you've got so, to stop so, this. You've got to stop this left and right thing. Exactly. It's so, about what is right. Right, and so, you know, you, you know these days now that, that racism being the most evil thing, but it's bandied around. This is racist, that's racist, and it's lost its, uh, its power as a word. However, is there a flavour of anti-Indian sentiment in the way this story has been covered? Uh, and, and is there a, a sort of hint of xenophobia about it? I think there is a bit of a sniff of it, yeah. There's definitely a sniff of it, but it's, you know, it's interesting to watch the same people that might might be a little bit more that way, mm. who are on the right, sorry, are now kind of defending it. I'm getting a, a sort of snootiness or even a, 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 a sort of mild sort of irritation with the idea of Asian wealth. Yeah, you know and, I, and I, do, I do understand that because Asian people, uh, uh, you know, there is, there is a cultural thing where you're, you're, you're overachievers and you, you know, you're, it, it, you're always... You're Jew, Jewish people have to face this. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's oh, the yeah, Jews, it's a, the Jews control the financial yeah, system. Yeah, I know. It's, that and I get trope. That. I get that. It's because, like, we, it's, you've got to be better than... Your children have got to do better than mm. you. And that's how, you know, kind of like it's brought up. So they've done really well for themselves. But that's almost seen as equally as, like, they're coming over here, taking all our jobs and houses and, you know, all, all the benefits, which is what I did when I went to Rygate and moved there, because, obviously, you know... Well, you own we, half of Rygate. Yeah, I, I, you know, and we multitask. That's what immigrants do. But I do <laughs> think that it, 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 it doesn't matter. It's, it, there's a slight jealousy, whether it's a race thing or not, there is a jealousy of, of, of wealth. Mm. But they were I, not breaking the law. Do you think there's a flavour of xenophobia about it? Leo? I don't think it's racist, racist at all. I think if you're going to come to the UK and, uh, you know, and uh, so Rishi Sunak's wife, if you're going to be the wife of the Chancellor and possibly future Prime Minister, live here and pay tax here. That's, is that too much to ask? That's surely not racist. I, I mean, don't know. In America, you can't run for you can't run for high office unless you're an American. But did citizen. you know that Boris also had um, his green card for in America, and he revoked that only a few months before? So it's not like this isn't this is quite common. 
And I didn't know this until you read Find Out on Google. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Well, listen, they've both got a green card into the next part of the show because we've got some amazing stories. We're going to up the ante. Uh, we're going to have a look at Chinese looters, facial surveillance in schools and trans school uniforms. It's your GB News hat trick. See you shortly. Welcome back to Headliners. I'm Mark Dolan, and I'm joined by the brilliantly talented Sajila Kershey and Leo Kurse. Things are getting tough out there, and bills are on the rise. The Monday's Guardian has a story about the lengths that some companies are resorting to to get their money. Sajila, chilling stuff, this. Oh, this is awful. So, uh, pay up or, tr or, or it trebles. Bailiffs accused of strong-arm tactics in the UK. Charities are alarmed by the increasing use of private firms to collect money owed to the, in, um, to the public sector. So, there was um, just an example here. Dr Naomi Spears, she was sleeping off a night shift. Yeah. Uh, she comes home, she's curled up under the covers and uh, somebody's knocking on the door, she answers. The visitor's wearing a mask and a bulletproof vest demanding £425. And uh, he held out a card machine and said, you can pay now. If you don't pay now, we've got your car outside. We're going to, you know, like basically tow it away. Uh, and this was for an original offence of a late payment of £2.50, right, uh, toll charge. And because she works night shifts, like most of us are really busy, and I don't know about you, but I, I kind of have to pay a lot of things, you know, like my teacher's you know, license was just a little bit overdue. Oh, don't worry uh, about paying that. <laughs> I'm <but> joking! <laughs> so, Gila, what about when you get a parking ticket and you know you've got two weeks to get it half price? And then it's always on day 15 that I log on and realise I'm now into double. Well, I don't drive, but I mean, I, I just think any kind of those, like I think last year when I was in hospital, yeah. it was the council tax. And I, and, I, and I was getting like really nasty lessons. And I'm mm. always pay ahead because yeah. I'm so like you know paranoid. And because I was, I didn't really think I was going to be laid up for five months. I missed that, and, and I was getting this really nasty. I was so angry. It's like, look, I had a, you know, I've been seriously ill, blood related, well, and so I can imagine this is happening. Yeah. And I think it's appalling and disgusting. And of course, with 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 the cost of living mm. expenses is getting higher. I think you know more people well, are going to be in situations well, yeah, like a, that. A lot of public institutions are using it as a form of revenue. Yeah. So they're they're selling their debts to these to these horrible bailiff operations that go out and sow misery and, and threats through throughout society. So I think I think it should be banned. I think uh, I don't think public institutions should be doing this. The DVLA stole my car. Oh, they, they, just it. they stole it. <laughs> I went to get it. my car and it was missing. <laughs> and I, I reported it to the police. I said somebody stole my car. And then it turned out the DVLA had stolen it because of a mistake the DVLA <laughs> made. And I ended up having to pay loads of money because I couldn't be bothered going to court and I just wanted it to all go away. So yeah I think, I think the DVLA are absolute scumbags. I'll say that. I'll say that DVLA, I'll fight any of you. I'll fight any of you. Two at a time. Um, but also, it's good that you've let that go, because I think we've had that on the show before. Well, you're really angry. <laughs> all this stuff, all this like using the public as, as a source, you know, trying to just leach yeah, more money right. off us, just erodes trust and confidence in public institutions. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't agree. Um, I'm actually uh, scheduled to host the uh, DVLA Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing 15 minutes of uh, witty, topical stand-up, and I think they're all good people. They'll be well-funded. <laughs> That'll be well-funded indeed. I might have to show them my ID on the way in. The Sun now reporting, Leo, that perhaps COVID is starting to have an impact on the place it all started. Yeah, so China has been pursuing a zero COVID policy. Like any any hint of COVID and they, they lock everything down and send mm. people in uh, hazmat suits in. Uh, so in Shanghai, um, they, they've locked down the whole city. 26 million 
residents. It's it's insane, and uh, and so people are, are are desperate. They're they're running out of food. Uh, you know, delivery services are breaking down. Um, you know, all all the people who kept us going uh, during lockdown, the the, the services um, are are not not working right. So uh, people are going out looting, scouring for food. They've been filmed rummaging through through boxes and fleeing with packaged goods. Uh, so it's like it's like Black Friday at TK Maxx, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on that level. And it's, but also, uh, they've been killing pets. So th this is really starting to, to sort of damage some trust in the Chinese government. You know, yeah. everyone's got to do what the Chinese government says, but they do some horrible things. They, uh, a pet corgi uh, was seen uh, being beaten to death by a man in a hazmat suit. This is like an outtake from an X-rated version of E.T. Uh, being beaten to death uh, after his owner tested positive for, for COVID. But that's a, that's a positive for COVID, not rabies. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, the way that he's reacted, it's like... And this is the thing, they're, they're pursuing a zero COVID policy, but we've got Omicron now, which, you know, basically isn't the same as... as you you need COVID. to help me with this, Leo, because uh, evil autocratic regime though it is, I will give the Chinese that they're very smart. They've been ingenious about their infrastructure. They make goods for the rest of the world. Uh, they've got, you know, an independent energy supply, airports, motorways, you name it. Um, but they've been really stupid about COVID. Yeah. What, why are they so committed to zero COVID? Because, I mean, I know they don't mind bossing their population around, but how can this very sophisticated regime still be buying into it? Uh, well, one of their vaccines, uh, one of their main vaccines, isn't very effective. So uh, we've seen in Hong Kong, uh, the, the death rate from COVID has actually spiked up, even though it's Omicron that, that they're dealing mm. with. Uh, so um, people aren't... Uh, va vaccinations aren't as widespread as they are in the West, and uh, and also the, the the vaccines aren't as effective. So, COVID does present more of a risk in China than it does here. Mm. But yeah, I mean, this uh, zero COVID, you know, is a terrible idea. When you've got something like Omicron, which spreads so easily and so silently, and also Omicron just isn't as deadly. Sometimes you, you know, we in Europe we kind of took it on the chin a bit, and we didn't, you know, lock everything, in, even though. It, felt like a, a huge lockdown. It wasn't as brutal as the Chinese lockdown. But if COVID doesn't kill you there, hunger will. Yeah. And actually, uh, what's really worrying is there's outrage ranting over claims parents are being separated from the kids if they get COVID, um, which means that parents might actually go and get COVID so that they can actually be with their infants. Absolutely Isn't bizarre. that disgusting? It is. It's a horror show uh, in China. I'm really going off those... <laughs> those communists. Um, let's, uh, let's crack on with our next story. And Sajila, a story in the Express where schools used to be where you studied 1984 and learnt about Big Brother. Now they're living it. Now they're living it. Intrusive. Huge row erupts over facial recognition in schools as czar rages against MOVE. Uh, so the government had been criticised by the country's leading surveillance czar over its decision to allow facial recognition technology into UK schools. So apparently around 70 schools are reported to use this technology to identify pupils. Um, some, uh, some schools are, are said to be planning to use identification system to mm. monitor children exams. How is this ever, ever a thing? You know, why do we need to expose our children to facial recognition? Because all that says to me is that you're setting them up for when they're adults to keep that facial recognition. So we're going down a very, very, very sinister route. Um, and if teachers can't manage to take a register to go and look at the pupils and recognise them and say, well, right, you're the right person to this name, then we have a problem with the teachers not in installing 
facial recognition for children. It makes absolutely no sense at all. Absolute shocker, especially modern day kids with tattoos and piercings <laughs> and their angry little faces. <laughs> Sticking with uh, the schools and uh, Monday's Mail, Leo, features the government's guidance on school uniforms for wait for it trans kids. That's right, yeah. So schools are going to be given advice from the government over what uniforms transgender pupils should wear and whether they should participate in single-sex sports uh, after teachers demanded clarity from the government. It's good they've moved on from, uh, from things like hot meals uh, <laughs> and things like that to, to, the, to the important issues that affect a lot of people. Uh, so, I mean, this follows on from um, Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson came out and, you know, stuck a flag in the sand and made clear his, his opinion on this and seemed uh, quite sort of common sense. Uh, he said he, that he didn't think it's reasonable for kids to, to be deemed so-called uh, Gaelic competent, so having the, the sort of um, competence to take decisions about their gender or irreversible treatments that affect, you know, fertility and later health and bone structure and stuff um, without parental involvement, which is what schools are, are sort of, that's the sort of angle we're going down now, is uh, children can, can transition and, you know, change their gender and all the rest of it without informing the parents. And he also said that he doesn't think biological men should be competing in female sporting events, uh, even though for me, uh, it ups the standard. Um, so, uh, yeah, so uh, Labour's Angela Rayner has come out and criticised Boris, uh, saying he throws his two pence in, causes so much damage, and screw the consequences. I remain of the firm view Boris Johnson is, is a real liability. That's from, uh, that's Angela Rayner from the party of Keir Starmer, who mm. can't define what a woman is. Um, I have to say, I don't know what this uniform or PE uniform would look like um, at school, but I used to have to wear navy blue knickers for PE and we had to put our handkerchief into our knickers, which is like, oh, that's really like horrible. That's like, you know, that's, 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 that's like germs, undercarriage germs. So I don't know what this, I'm just, I was just thinking. Why? 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 Huh? Why? 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 No, they didn't give a reason. So I don't want to put my hanky down there. I want to put my hanky in my sleeve, right? I but see. they said, no, your hanky has to be in your So this was like an idea that you, you, everyone had a hanky back in the day. Yeah, everyone had where, a hanky. Where do I keep we, it? We had to have a hanky. It wasn't like a tissue. We had to have a proper hanky. Why was that? I don't know. It was in the Midlands. I was in rugby when I lived there. Was, was the common cold particularly virulent in your area? I don't your, know. In your area? It's just, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know. But, I but just, that stuck in your mind. You I, remember that? It stayed that. in my head that I don't want, you know, I don't want genital germs on my hanky. Yeah. And uh, and I'll just sorry. I, I know we're totally gone off the subject, and I was just thinking what what these PE uniform might look like. Yeah. Hopefully, hankies and pants won't be part of the uniform. Yes. You do wonder uh, in terms of these uniforms if you've got biological boys that are, are identifying as girls, how short are those skirts going to get? How short can they get? I mean, in my case, they could go very short. Well, I'm from lie. the land of the kilt, so uh, not only can they go quite short, but you also don't need to wear any panties underneath, uh, with or without a hanky. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, on a cold day, I'd get away with hot pants, but each to their own. <laughs> Now, when Boris does something, Nicola Sturgeon has to do the opposite. So, as the Prime Minister has said, he doesn't think trans women should compete against biological women. Is uh, that any surprise uh, that Monday's Times is reporting Nicola thinks the opposite, Sajila? I know. I think the world has just gone topsy-turvy, honestly. I don't know. I agree with Boris Johnson. I yeah. don't know what's going on. It's like, OK, Scottish, Scottish ministers want schools to allow transgender and non-binary children to attend PE classes that they are most comfortable if they, if they are organised by sex. Um, and uh, it, it's obviously against the odds with what Boris is saying um, and the, the feminists... 
uh, have uh, come out that has alarmed some feminist campaigners. A spokeswoman for the Women Scotland said, once again, the SNP government are happy not to only ignore the law allowing girls the right to a fair and safe competition, but are prepared to risk their uh, uh, participation in sport and potentially mm. uh, deprive Scotland of future athletes' success in the women's category. Um, so it is a, is a great comeback. And like I said, I, I am getting more and more... Like, you know, I know I, I know where I stand in terms of, like, gender, you know, uh, sorry, uh, biology is important, but I don't want to exclude any trans. I, I, I think that young children, that, that the fact that we have this happening in schools, mm. there is something that deeper than just the, the rights. I think we should be looking at why it's happening, because it suddenly seems to have kind of overflown our schools yeah. in the last, you know, last, like, last 20 odd well, years. there's been a huge, is it a 5,000% increase in the number of young people transitioning, which is a pretty remarkable increase. I mean, if, if it was any other issue, then people would be like, well, why is this happening? Uh, instead, you know, the, the our institutions seem to be encouraging it to happen, um, which, you know, obviously for a lot of people, transitioning is going to be the, the perfect solution. Uh, but I'm worried, you know, we've got young people being funneled into a process that fundamentally changes them, blocks mm, puberty, mm, mm, mm. Uh, you know, there's hormonal changes, so you, you don't develop, there's fertility issues later on in life. It is completely life-changing. And, and, and biological women that become trans men are, are, are having mastectomies yeah, and yeah. hysterectomies, and in some cases, I hate to tell you, regretting it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that, that, that's the part that's never talked about. That's yeah. never talked about, that the ones that regret and want to go back and revert. And I just think we're rushing through this. Why are we rushing this through this? It, it's 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 like some disease. It's worse than the pandemic yeah. that's spreading across the, our, 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 you know our schools and making children feel that they they are not happy with who they are. So we need to look at that. And not especially in Scotland because uh, hormones are unnecessary. If, if there's one place a biological male is going to pass as a woman, it's it's Dundee without yeah. any <laughs> problem whatsoever. So but I think Sturgeon, she's just got her eye on future Olympics. You know, she's gonna she's gonna build a team. It's gonna be like the Soviet Union, the East German team mm. in the eighties. We're gonna we're gonna have a Scottish Olympic squad of biological males just dominating female sports. I, I do think wonderful. I think Scottish uh, trans women would would be world class at tossing the caber, wouldn't they? I mean, that's just that's a given. Leo Curse? <laughs> Care to develop that theme? <laughs> but briefly, before we move on, um, do you feel like the SNP is imbued with, with uh, this ideology around trans rights? Is it, you know, have they been drinking the trans Kool-Aid north of the border? Well, they're, they're sustained in Parliament by the Green, the Green Party, who seem to have completely forgot about any environmental issues and uh, purely focus on trans issues these days. Uh, despite the you know the amount of extra plastic uh, that's required for the surgery, so I'm not yeah I'm not really sure why Sturgeon is uh, is is going down this route um, of you know focusing so much on on trans issues because Scotland is quite a conservative uh, country. Um, What's so the payoff? Yeah, this is what I keep question. asking. What is the payoff? I know, I know for Labour what that is. I think it's a sensitivity around, you know, um, the you know accusations of anti-Semitism in the past. And I think that's obviously they're being more sensitive and they're mm. being more, mm. you know, cautious and nervous. But I think they need to just, you know, grow a pair. Yeah. But why? Why? That might is be a, a, a What's really the payoff appropriate for her? terminology you've Sorry? used there, by the way. Grow a pair. <laughs> I think they're appealing. I to thought the, I'd gone too far with the caber. They're trying to appeal Sajili to steps the, the young, younger voters. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Younger voters. Uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, well, look, lots more to come. We've got some really cracking stories lined up. Um, we're going to be discussing why you might want to think twice about having a messy car. 
Digital murder, that's right, digital murder, and the worst phone app ever. See you shortly. Welcome back to Headliners, a look at tomorrow's papers in the company of the excellent comedians Sajila Kershi and Leo Kurse. Now, let's uh, crack on with our stories. Um, to The Guardian now, and you'd think one of the advantages of holding the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham was the area's diversity. So what's going wrong, Leo? Well, uh, organisations in the West Midlands have accused the Commonwealth Games of failing to engage with multicultural communities in the region in 2022 as well. Have they not noticed every advert <laughs> has to have multicultural people in it and, you know, all same sex and all the rest of it? So, uh, yeah, people have said, um, people have said that the, the Birmingham is such a diverse city. We've got the whole of the Commonwealth here and miss, they've missed that opportunity. That's from Aftab Rahman, the director of Legacy West Midlands, which is a charity promoting migrant heritage and community well-being. He says, it's a big thing for us as a city. It will put us on the international stage. But when they took the games on, one of the biggest points was diversity, and it hasn't happened. I just can't believe that they're not putting diversity. They do say, uh, later on, the pro programme managers and, and stuff, they say, no, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to have some, you know... <laughs> Basically, they've said, we're going to have some. Don't worry. There's going to be a few, uh, which isn't, you know, a, a great response. I, I'm, I'm quite surprised about this. I thought it was the number one thing on every charity, every public organisation. Anybody doing anything is like, you know, we've got to make it as multicultural. Well, as in, the, mid as in the Midlands, you would have thought so. And um, it's amazing. So we've got room in the games for trans, but not our transatlantic sports people. Oh, see, oh, nicely yeah, put. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah, we yeah. hate but they, the you, big you know bucks. what? They could try for Kabaddi. There's cricket, there's, um, there's table tennis, like that <laughs> kind of in those, in those regions, uh, and Kabaddi, which is like a cross between sumo wrestling and rugby, but for skinny people. It's great. They used yeah. to show it on Channel 4. Yeah. It's really exciting It's like thin people, like, yeah. not, not, you know. And there's this thing, my, uncle, my uncle's Indian, and there's a thing uh, where we flick um, oh, pet. Oh, 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 yes, yes, the... And, um, and they go the, in little, like, uh, Oh, nets. what's it called? Uh, Tennis? No, it's like back, but it's it's really cool. I know. Yeah, I've got, it's, it's really a big fun. Board. It's almost like billiards, but with checkers. Oh, I can't remember oh. it now. It's in the tip of my tongue. Sounds fascinating. <laughs> now to the Guardian, and you'd think one of the advantages of uh, of holding the uh, Commonwealth Games is the uh, is the diversity issue. Well, moving on to our next story, and there are some echoes here, and it's Monday's Times, a story about women being rubbish painters. Yeah, women are, are rubbish painters. That's what it says in the headline. Uh, and, uh, so gender inequality is, is stark, despite pieces recently fetching millions above the guide price. So work, works by women make up just 7% of the art top galleries. Um, and, like, it, it, what they're saying is, that basically, uh, you see women in art. You know, you've got the Mona Lisa, you've got the Rubenesque um, you know, art, uh, uh, women, you've got the deformed ones with, with Picasso. Yeah. He does it more weird, doesn't he? Uh, but, and so it's all the male gaze, but we don't have many women artists. And I could only think of one, which is Tracy Enum. Yeah. And I thought, well, actually, she did have a female gaze, because hers was an unmade bed, wasn't it? With fag yeah. butts and condoms and, yeah. you know, lipstick smears and stuff, oh, which is kind of... fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, got, yeah. I've got a recreation of it in my own home. <laughs> it's like the Athena poster. Well, I hope not. Tennis. You've only just recently been married. I think she'll leave you if you have that kind of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are there parallels with the comedy circuit and female representation in art? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, if it's only 77%. Uh, I think what we're really saying here is go out and, and become artists, ladies, mm. women. Yeah, come on, you've got, like, I mean, what else are you doing? Like, 
you know, apparently there's a gender pay gap and women aren't getting employed as much. So get your crayons out, do some droids. Yeah. There you go. That would be a nice afternoon in front of all these women. I shall give him Chinese burns <laughs> when we finish the show. And then we can do what you like. OK. How about this story? The Sun now with a horror story for anyone with a car and children. You could be about to lose a lot of money, Leo. Yeah, I didn't know that this was a prosecutable offence. But if you've got a messy car, you can be fined up to £100 if you've got too much clutter in your car. And more serious cases, I guess that's when the rubbish... Uh, gets to, to head level and the driver can't breathe and passes out and uh, drives into a canal, uh, they can go to court and result in a £2,500 fine and disqualification from uh, probably administered by the DVLA. So it'll be seven years before the forms come through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in my car, I've got uh, 15 Starbucks cup, cups and a kebab wrapper, so I'm a bit worried. But as a general rule, the issues that they're worried about is visibility. So if you've got a dirty windscreen, uh, get, you know, don't just, don't just write on it, you know, I wish my wife was as dirty as this. It's hilarious every time, but you need to clean it. Uh, and also, you've got to make sure if you've got any beer bottles rattling around on the floor, make sure they can't roll forward and go under the brake pedal. That's a yeah. big no-no. So you've got to be able to... So it's very male, kind of. It's very male, kind of, making it sound... Where I was thinking about my friend, Jackie, she she basically dresses in the car. She can put... <laughs> while she's driving, she can change into... She's a beautiful woman, and she does her makeup, mascara, everything. Uh, the car is a pit hole. Really nice car, but it's a pit hole. So would she get fined? Yeah. Leo? She would, she yeah. Would, uh, she'd probably be more likely to get pulled over than I would. Oh, no, least. but she's... she's Beautiful, so she always exactly does charms. She always charms. Yeah. She always charms them. Yeah. If we're worried about dirty cars, this will be bad news for doggers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'll, they'll get charged like a million pounds, won't they, for their rather soiled Prius? Yeah, and like a pair of buttocks obscuring yeah. the rearview mirror. It's not a good look. No. Um, I drive like that. Please don't judge me. Now, um, how about our next story? Leo, has The Guardian got a story of the most evil phone app ever, do you think? More driving. Uh, so the developers of a new app that uses artificial intelligence to estimate the speed of passing cars. So apparently this, this app... Uh, I don't know how it does it, or uh, if it can. Uh, I take it it's got some sort of video feed of the road and can see other cars going past you. So it can calculate if the other car is speeding and uh, enables the driver to grass them up because apparently we're all little snitches now grassing up against each other. So one, one uh, online review, they've been absolutely hammered with bad reviews and nasty emails, obviously, because this is like a very 1984 type thing. One online review for the app said, in East Germany, citizens were encouraged to report their neighbours to the Stasi, that was the secret police, and under the communist uh, East German regime, for even the smallest societal infraction. Congratulations on creating a modern-day version of that. If you couldn't tell, I'm being sarcastic. This app disgusts me. Oh, I love that. Just some <laughs> clarity. We didn't pick up on the, the, uh, the app. But the, the app can't uh, actually result in uh, speeding tickets. It can just result in uh, nosy people um, grassing people up. So we don't, need, we don't need to worry too much yet. I'm not a fan don't of worry. snitches. No. I think, you know, prison cell block H. You never lag. Yeah. And at least snitches, yeah. like people under the Stasi, they were getting paid to be informants for the secret police. Now everybody's doing it themselves. Mm, singing like a canary, I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. I know. And maybe there'll be fines for messy cars. These apps will work out that you've got too many McDonald's packages yeah. in your car or Starbucks cans or, you know. Big brother is so cups. judgy. It's not a good look, is it? If Leo took one of his customary pre-show selfies, Monday's Telegraph tells us why I might be looking 
for a slot with a plastic surgeon, Sajila. Ah, so uh, selfies fueling rise in needless nose jobs. So younger patients are booking rhinoplasties because selfies distort their features, um, according to scientists. And in a study, 30 volunteers uh, sat for three photographs. Two were taken with a smartphone, 12 to 18 inches away, and one with a digital camera five feet away. So basically, if you're taking a selfie, your, your facial features will be distorted, so your nose looks a lot wider mm. and bigger. And this is really sad because this is young people having nose, uh, nose jobs. Now, I've had two, believe it or not, and, th and that's because I had a deviated septum. I fell out of bed and broke my nose. <laughs> I know, how clumsy. Uh, and uh, is that a euphemism for doing I, I really, No, I really did fall out of my bed and I right. just fell on my nose. And um, so the first time they flicked the... And the second time they gave me the option to make it prettier. Mm. And I was like, no, no, uh, like, like Tina Turner, leave my nose. Because it was like the only thing I've got left for my dad's nose. It's a big nose and I'm happy of it uh, uh, and I'm proud of it. And I had loads of stick when I was younger, but I embraced my nose. That's my cultural kind of like identity. And it's the only thing I've got left of my dad. And I chose that. I mean, the same time, my friend's daughter, she was young. She was having hers done. And I couldn't see what the problem is. She goes, it's a tiny little dent. She's beautiful. Mm. What is it with young people? They don't realise that they're beautiful. Youth is very beautiful. And, and she had to yeah. have it fixed because I think of all these selfies. So please don't get your nose done. And there is actually a new sort of process where you don't have to have surgery. They, they put in um, injectable fillers, hydraulic acid. So it's called a liquid nose job. So you don't even have oh, to have surgery. I know, it's ridiculous. One of the problems with these selfies is they're not honest, are they? Because no. people always take a picture from above. Yeah. So you don't see the double chin. Yeah. But it's really hard in life because if you go on a date with someone like that, you you know, they've got to like be under you all the time. Yeah. Just looking up. Unless you go on a date with a tennis umpire, then they're getting the right view. It's absolutely perfect. That, that's, exactly. that's, that's quite funny. That's and one a of those funny image. those lovely high chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're talking. Uh, new balls, please. <laughs> Leo, the Sun has a story about why it might be worth joining the metaverse, uh, metaverse after all. What is the metaverse? So the metaverse is a made-up virtual reality world uh, created by uh, people desperate to protect their virginity. Um, so, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is a big fan of the metaverse, uh, although he actually looks like uh, somebody who'd be rejected from the metaverse for looking too much like a computer character. <laughs> it looks like there are not enough polygons went into his face. He's very, he's very sort of PlayStation 2 in his uh, demeanour. Uh, he's yeah, a bit pixelated. Yeah, yeah. he's, 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 uh, he's not high-res, is he? No, he's not high-res, they haven't done the shading. It's, uh, yeah, it's very one-dimensional. Um, but um, now lawyers are talking about uh, crime in the metaverse. So we've, we've already seen uh, stories about uh, groping and sexual assault in the metaverse where people's Promise. avatars and people feel you know, violated. Uh, so now they're talking about murder. Murder, in the, but it's not a real murder. It's the, it's the murder of your uh, avatar. In the metaverse, so you know, Ridiculous. It's, it's not, I mean, if, if that's a real murder, I've been murdered so many times in Call of Duty. <laughs> so do I have to like, you know, send out SWAT teams to arrest all those teenagers who shot me in the face? That literally is thought crime. Yeah, in a in a Xbox Three game. Yeah, it's, I think that's very ill-advised, isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah. the the whole point about this virtual universe is that you can do anything you like. Well, I just think people need to stop going into metaverse, stop going into your phone, <laughs> stop going into like virtual world. Get out, go into the real world. Mm -hmm. You know, we are out of lockdown now. Go into the real world, engage with people, and if they start annoying you, then go to the metaverse to kill someone. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. Wise words from Sajila. The Daily Star with advice now that anyone having a staycation this Easter in Wales might want to pop down for a cheeky pint, Leo. Oh, yes, so uh, North Wales' toughest pub. Must be pretty tough, because I've been to North Wales, and it's quite, you know, they look like they've got a lot of tough pubs. 
Um, it's tough as pub is one pound pint on a Sunday. Isn't that amazing? Classic. And uh, and they put so basically they're filmed for this uh, Sky documentary called The Toughest Pubs in Britain. I should imagine it was uh, presented by Grant Mitchell. Uh, so <laughs> the Old Vaults in Wrexham is the name of the pub, run by Tony Taylor. Uh, and they, they filmed this, and the, he's saying the, the documentary, you know, put the pub in a, in a slightly slightly bad light. Uh, they said producers put £300 behind the bar during filming on a Sunday to maximise, you know, the amount of chaos and drunkenness they might capture. Because £300 in a pound a, pound a pint pub uh, results in 300 pints. So I did the maths there. God, nice. Um, and yeah, and uh, so yeah, there's chaos. But it says like one of the people who's filmed staggering out of the pub and drunk and falling over was actually from the pr production team. One of the production. <laughs> this is, no. this is At least in GB News, there's a level of professionalism. I very rarely see anybody staggering drunk uh, out of the building. It's uh, but on on the sky. You never uh, never worked on the breakfast show. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean this is a crazy story. Isn't it, it is, but I, it got me thinking about the toughest gig um, I've ever did. And uh, what's your toughest gig? Well, my toughest gig, I reckon, up the creek in Greenwich. Up the creek in Greenwich. It was uh, it was the old vaults in Wrexham on a Sunday. Mm. <laughs> Sunday night, it's a tough wobbling. night for comedy, isn't yeah. it? Well, actually, um, Jonglers, Jonglers Portsmouth was uh, was always so tough, and the yeah, the mic didn't have the, the lead like I remember the DJ booth. Yeah, yeah. So the, the leads like that long, oh. tethered. Oh, yeah. you you. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you you're saying how hard it was for the crowd. I'm talking about a tough gig where people are going to beat you up, throw pint glasses oh. at you, and you have some oh. random woman who's had too too many drinks and thinks you're picking on her, and she's going to smash your face in. Did yeah. anybody try? What was that accent? That was on the wibble, but wibbly wobbly. But okay, so I was being a bit racialist <laughs> to the Scottish. Yeah, on okay. the wibbly wobbly. And with those war stories, my thanks to the brilliant Leo Kirst, the marvellous Sajila Kershey. Enjoyed every second. I hope you did too. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 